We're glad you've joined us today. You know, um, uh, this past Friday, in uh, in response to everybody posting their senior pictures from generations ago, because our seniors this year are up until now have been unable to celebrate their senior year like uh, seniors of past years just because of the pandemic. A lot of things, graduations, proms, things of like that have been have been uh, uh, what a canceled. canceled. And uh, so everybody, for some reason, only in America can you honor other people by posting your own picture. I've never seen that done in other That's, nations. It was oh, a little odd. Yeah, it was a little odd. But I thought I would get in there. And I posted my picture. I know. I, I, it took a while to find that. Yeah, I, I posted my picture. And, and if you want to see it, you can go to uh, my uh, my Facebook page and you can see my picture that I posted. Mm-hmm. And what was amazing to me, people didn't recognize me. Well, you're not wearing suits as much like you used to yeah. so i think that's probably that's it. probably it so yeah. this morning i decided to wear a suit so that you could see that it was me right. and and the only other difference is is the hair the silver fox the silver fox hair so uh i just wanted you to know that was my picture on facebook that was my graduation picture mm-hmm. and if you believe that uh, I have some beachfront property in Arizona that I'd like to sell to you, all right? Amanda and I love you, yes. and uh, we're getting ready to open the Word of God and teach the Word of God to you on this wonderful Easter. Yeah. Uh, and at the conclusion of this, my message, we're going to take Holy Communion. So if you would like to partake Holy Communion with us, grab you a piece of bread, grab you some crackers, uh, grab you some juice of some type or sweet tea or something. Somebody said, can I, can I take a swig of wine? Well, if that's your thing, take a swig of wine. Just take a swig, though. Not no glass full. Just take a swig of wine. And we're going to partake of Holy Communion and have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. I love you, sweetheart. I love you, baby. All right. We're so glad you've joined us today. It's Easter Sunday morning, and it's unlike any other Easter. As Christians, we are blessed to celebrate another Easter Sunday. Yet Easter Sunday 2020 will be a Resurrection Sunday that we will never forget. I guarantee you those of us who are alive today will never forget this Easter. In the future, we will tell our children and grandchildren about the Easter Sunday in which no one went to church the Easter Sunday in which no one went to church. Some of you will be able to tell your grandchildren about the Easter Sunday that you went to church in your pajamas. You know who you are. You hadn't even even got out of your pajamas yet, you lucky dog. Others will tell your family about the Easter Sunday in which the preacher came into your house and preached his Easter message in your house. Some of you will tell about the Easter Sunday in which you went to church on your phone. And others will tell about the Easter Sunday that they sang to their computer screen. The reality of Easter 2020 is that we might not be in our regular church building, sitting in our regular seat. And we might not be surrounded by our friends who we have worshipped with all year long. The reality of Easter 2020 is that we're unable to touch, hug, and greet our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And most of us, most of us didn't get a brand new spring Easter outfit. This morning when I, I walked into the building, I saw the the staff here, and, and most of them don't have, they have their jeans on and still have their, their regular attire on. And I said, don't you have an Easter suit? I, I said to one of them, don't you have an Easter suit? He said, yeah, I have an Easter suit. I said, well, why aren't you wearing it? He said, I just didn't think about it. I said, when are you going to think about it? July 4th? Is that when you're planning on wearing your Easter suit? I remember when I was growing up, every year you got a brand new outfit for Easter. So it's going to be different this year. But the reality of Easter 2020 is that the benefits of Christ's resurrection 2,000 years ago are still applicable today. The reality of Easter 2020 is that the coronavirus might have interrupted our Easter plans, but it cannot interrupt our Easter praise. We had so much, so many wonderful and so much good thing, good stuff planned for this Easter weekend. Our staff and our teams of, of leaders have been working on things for children, things for adults, things for music for months now, and it's all been put on hold simply because of the coronavirus. It might have interrupted our plans but it cannot interrupt our praise. The reality of Easter 2020 is that the coronavirus has changed our Easter methodology, but it cannot change our message. And that message is the tomb is still empty and Jesus is alive. And the reality of Easter 2020 is that the benefits that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ provided 2,000 years ago are still in force today. The resurrection warranty has not expired. And that has never changed. Though everything else this Easter has changed, that has never changed. Every year in the spring, Christians celebrate Easter. It's a big deal. It's a noteworthy weekend. Christians all over the world recognize and honor this special day. In fact, the latest statistics from the Pew Research Council tell us that alive today on America, there are, are in the world, not in America, but in the world, alive today in the world, on planet Earth, there are seven, over 7 billion, that's B uh, as in boy, 7 billion people alive on planet earth today. They also tell us that 31% of those over 7 billion people, or 2.3 billion, B as in boy, 2.3 billion people of those 7 billion are Christian. In other words, today, over one-third, almost one-third of the world's population, the earth's population, are celebrating an event that happened 2,000 years ago in the city of Jerusalem. They tell us that in the last 2,000 years, millions and millions of historic things have occurred. Nations have been born. World wars have been fought. Mankind has embraced and enjoyed uh, agricultural, industrial, medical, scientific, and technological advancements that astound even the brightest minds of today. And in, those, in these last years, anthropologists and sociologists have discovered, and they agree, that since the beginning of mankind, since the beginning of mankind, since Adam and Eve, 
that there have been 100 billion, B as with a boy, 100 billion people who have lived on planet Earth and have died. Since the beginning of mankind, 100 billion people have lived and died. Yet today, one-third of the population alive pause to remember the sacrifice of one man, Jesus Christ. Over the years, I've been asked by Christians, Pastor, why do you make such a big deal about Easter? And they will say things like this, it's just another Sunday. In fact, I have a lot of Christians who ask that. Non-Christians kind of reverence it more sometimes than Christians do. We get a little lackadaisical. We get a little familiar with our Sundays and Easter as Christians. And we never need to lose our reference, our, our reverence for the Easter Sunday. And I've had Christians ask me, what's the big deal about Easter? We come to church every Sunday. What's the big deal about Easter? It's just another day, isn't it? And I always respond, Easter is far from being just another Sunday. Oh, it's a, so far from being just another Sunday. In fact, Easter is the reason Christians celebrate Sundays. <laughs> we wouldn't even have church on Sundays if it wasn't for Easter. Easter is the reason we have Christianity. Easter is the reason that billions of people have lived with peace and joy, often in the worst conditions. Easter is the reason that so many people that uh, in the early years of our nation and other nations succumbed to slavery, people had to succumb to slavery, that we are told and it's written about and we read about and the historians tell us that those people who succumbed to slavery, who were, who were purchased and bought like a possession and lived in such inhumane treatment, the thing that kept them going, the joy that kept their hearts stirred was Jesus Christ and His resurrection and the hope that He gave them. It was because of Jesus and Easter. Easter is the reason why Christians have given their life and limb for others for generations. No, no, no. Easter is not just another Sunday. Easter is the reason why the hungry are being fed. The sick are receiving medical treatment. Do you realize it was the churches, it was Christian organizations that started most of the hospitals, the great hospitals that are in operation today. And why many of the great institutions of learning were established was because of the church. Major universities in this nation, well-known, established, hierarchy in universities, uh, universities were established by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was all because of Easter. Easter is the reason why Christians don't fear death, and the cemetery is not goodbye. Easter is the reason why we uh, can forget about our yesterdays and expect better days tomorrow. Easter is the reasons we have peace in the midst of this pandemic. So many people are scared to death, but we can have peace in the midst of this pandemic because of Easter. Easter is the reason I am welcome at the throne of God, and I can go boldly before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, and make my requests known, and I am welcome simply because of Easter. No, Easter is not just another Sunday. Easter is the reason I have a holy helper, the Holy Spirit, every day that assists me in every moment of my life. Easter is the reason that this boy, this fellow here, 
was able to dream beyond my surroundings and learn beyond my comprehensions, literally because of Easter. Easter is the reason I have received and experienced love and acceptance. Easter is the reason I have enjoyed life and have enjoyed it to the full. Oh, no, a thousand times no. Easter is not just another Sunday. Easter is the birthplace of my new birth, the beginning of my new life. Easter is the hope of my future and the assurance of my eternity. Easter, listen, Easter enables me to say so what to a bad diagnosis and so long to a body that has been wore down by time. Easter allows me to face the coronavirus without fear and laugh in the face of lack. Easter allows me to look back without regret and forward with expectation. No, a thousand times no, multiplied by a thousand. Easter is not just another Sunday. So on this Easter, we take a few moments to remind ourselves of the benefits that are still available today for everyone who believes in the resurrected Jesus. In the Bible, Ephesians chapter 1. In fact, if you have your Bibles close by wherever you are, or if you have it on your phone, turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 19. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 is what I'm going to read from out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, Paul is talking, and he's talking to Christians. He says, I also pray that you will understand, understand what, Paul? The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. Notice he says, I want you to understand, comprehend, the greatness, the incredible greatness, the all-powerful greatness. That word incredible means something beyond our comprehension. He says, I want you to be able to understand the most powerful thing you can think about is limited. But that which you can't think about beyond your comprehension is the incredible greatness of God's power. He said, I pray that you will be able to understand, get a, uh, a grab hold of it in your mind some way the incredible, far-reaching greatness of God's power to us. To us. Not just theoretically to some something out there, but to us. His power that is available to us. And then notice what he says. This is the same power, the same mighty power, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Paul the Apostle writes to us today and tells us he was praying that mankind will be able to understand, that we will be able to understand the incredible greatness of God's power to us. Not just something that happened 2,000 years ago, one moment in time, but that power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in that tomb in Jerusalem is available to us today. And the reason that power is available to us is because it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, just because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just because He is alive forevermore, just because He is eternal, His power is alive forevermore also. The same power that raised Him from the dead is available to you and I today. But we've got to believe it for it to operate and manifest in our life. 
Easter is not just some isolated event that occurred 2,000 years ago. It is an ongoing, perpetual power that is alive and active today to anyone, anybody, who will believe. So what, what are the benefits of Easter? Why do we celebrate it? Well, number one, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he forgave us of all of our sin. If nothing else, <laughs> that is worth it all. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7 says this, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with his blood of his Son and forgave our sins. You know, I, uh, I talk to people every day who are living with what I call identity disability. They are living with identity disability. They view themselves in light of their failures and their sins. They see themselves. The image of themselves is the mistakes they made, the failures they committed, the sins they did, their past that they're ashamed of. That's how they view themselves. They are dealing with identity, disability. And when we see ourselves incorrectly, we live far below the place that God has designed us to live. And do you know that's what Easter is all about, is to remove your identity, disability. is to help you to start seeing yourself the way God sees you, and not according to your past, but according to what Jesus Christ has done for you. I speak to, with people about Jesus, and they will respond, well, Pastor, he can't love me because I'm an alcoholic. He'll never be able to forgive me because of the things I did when I was an addict. I was an adulterer, or I lied, I cheated, I betrayed my family, I've stolen, I've committed some crime, I've spent time in prison. And they talk about, or there's things that they, they know that nobody else knows that they're so ashamed of. And they see themselves in light of that. And they say that Jesus could never forgive it. That's the reason I won't confess. That's the reason I won't come to church. Is because I know because of the things I've done that Jesus will never forgive me. Listen, the Bible tells us that Jesus forgave our sins when he died on the cross. That's what Easter is all about. The word forgive means to permanently dismiss, to liberate completely, to discharge, to send away, or to release. The Apostle Paul writes and says, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, God has permanently dismissed our past sins from us. You were an addict. God doesn't see you as an addict any longer. You were an adulterer. God doesn't see you as an adulterer. You were an alcoholic. God doesn't see you. People might see you that way. Friends might see you that way. Family might even see you that way. But God doesn't see you that way. And it's his opinion of you that's going to last for eternity. Man is as the flower of the field and the grass of the, of the earth. And it will vanish away. But I want you to know the word of the Lord will stand forever. For eternity. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. And what he says about you and what he uh, sees you and his image of you is exactly how it's going to be for an eternity. And he sees you forgiven. He sees you redeemed. He sees you changed. He sees you new. God has permanently, permanently dismissed our past sins from us. You are liberated completely from your sins. 
He has discharged your sins from you. He has sent your sins away and released your sins hold on you. So why do we celebrate Easter? Because its benefits are still today. And the benefits are when Jesus died on the cross, He forgave me of all my sin. What else did He do? Well, when Jesus died for me on the cross, He provided me a way to be friends with God, to be reunited with God. Listen to this one. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now you have been reunited. But now you have been reunited with Christ Jesus. This next sentence is for all of us. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. Today there are people watching me on their computer screen, on their phone, and you don't have a personal relationship with God. It's Easter, and there's a tug on you to go to church. You know you are outside. You are outside of God looking in. You've seen relatives and friends talk about God like he's their close friend and even their brother because he is to them. They are connected with God, but you are not. You are smart enough to realize, you're smart enough that to realize there is more to life than what you see and feel. You can sense there's a spiritual world and the things which are happening on earth today because of this pandemic are not just coincidence. There's been a tug inside of you to look for God. This thing that has happened has slowed all of us down, and all of a sudden, in this quietness, and this slowdown, without stuff to clamor in your ear and activity to keep you busy, all of a sudden you realize you need God. And you are watching me today, and my words are like an arrow piercing your heart. Do you know that is the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus Christ? And that's the reason we celebrate Easter. Because we used to be away from God. I used to be away from God. I couldn't get to Him no matter how hard I tried. But when Jesus died on the cross for me, His blood paid the rite of passage for our access to God. We can approach Him anytime, and even better than that, We are friends with God. We are children with God. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at me. He's not mad at us. He loves and accepts us, and he loves and accepts you also. That's what Easter is all about. What are the other benefits of Easter? Because of Easter, of Jesus' death and resurrection, and the reason we celebrate Easter, I now have eternal life. You know this verse. If you've been around church world at all, if you have friend, family and friends who are Christians, you know this verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, you, you are smart enough to realize you are a spiritual being. You know that. Yes, we live in a body, We possess a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. But the seat, the center of who we are, is our spirit. It's our heart. You and I are spiritual beings. You understand. You know this. I don't care where you're 
what they tried to teach you. You understand that mankind didn't evolve from nothing and will return to nothing. You know it's something better than that. You know that down deep inside of you. You don't believe that. There is something in you that is more valuable than nothingness. We are spirit beings. But before we believed in Christ, we were spiritually dead. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Let's read that together. Once, Paul says, once you, he's talking to Christians. He tells the Christians, once you Christians were dead because of disobedience in your many sins. You used to live in sin. Just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, Paul said, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, I'm so glad He is, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life. When He raised Christ from the dead, it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. That's what Easter is all about. It's about we accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior and He giving us eternal life. Listen to what Jesus said himself, John chapter 5, verse 24. He said, I tell you the truth. Now listen, when Jesus tells you the truth, you can take it to the bank. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. (laughs) I'm so excited about that. You know, every one of us have things in our closet that we're ashamed of. Every one of us have things that we've thought, things we've said, things we've even done that we hope nobody in our present finds out about. But do you hear what this scripture says? That you and I will never be condemned for our sins, even for our most shameful acts. But we've already passed, Jesus goes on to say, but you've already passed from death to life. Why? Because of Easter. Because of what we celebrate on Easter, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So what are the benefits of Easter? Well, number one, when Jesus died on the cross, he forgave me of all my sins. Number two, when Jesus died for me on the cross, he provided a way for me to be reunited with God. Number three, when Jesus, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, I now have eternal life. And here's one that's getting more, uh, more real to me every day that I live. The older I get, it's becoming more important in my life. Number four, why do we celebrate Easter and what's the, what's the benefits of Easter? Because Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He conquered death for us. All my life, I've watched people do everything in their power to stay alive on earth for a few more days. I've watched people spend all their money and their family's money trying to live a little longer. Why? Because of the fear 
of death. Several years ago, when our children were smaller, we had taken a vacation, and we were at SeaWorld in Florida. And I never will forget it. My phone rang, and it was my pager. That tells you how long ago. It was my pager that I had. And the pager said, find a phone and call home, an emergency at the church. So I went to the office there at SeaWorld, and I called home. And my staff said, Pastor, mentioned a lady in our church who was a dear, faithful member that everybody loved, and she was so involved. She had gone in for open-heart surgery. In fact, I went to the surgery, and then we left after the surgery and, and drove to SeaWorld, and we'd been down there two days in Florida. And this day, we happened to be at SeaWorld with our children. And they said, Pastor, they tried to bring her off the ventilator, and something happened. And they said she's had a stroke, and she's not going to live. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll be there as soon as I can get there. I hung up the phone. I went and told the children. They understood mo- many times vacations were interrupted. And so we, we left SeaWorld, went to the hotel, packed up, and went straight home, drove 12 hours straight home. I got to the uh, ICU, and it was Baptist downtown Nashville at that time. And I got there. And uh, the family was there, and they allowed me to walk in with the family to the intensive care unit. And there was this dear sister, lifeless. And the husband, who was older than her, and said to me, Pastor, they are, they're telling me to uh, take her off the machine that she can't live. And I said, well, what do you, what do you think? What, what is the Lord speaking to your heart? And at that time, she had two daughters that were in the room, said, we're going to believe God for a few more days. And the husband said, the doctor said, this is what the doctor said, said, uh, you're going to spend all your money trying to keep her alive. It's costing you thousands of dollars to keep her in this ICU every single day. And you're going to spend all your money trying to keep her alive. She will not get better. Uh, she's technically brain dead. Let's, let's, let's let her go. And the daughter said, just give us three more days. Just give us three more days. And they looked at their dad. And the dad, he said, he says, we're going to spend it all. She, she said, dad, mom's worth three more days. And finally, the husband acquiesced and gave in and told the doctor, we're going we're to take three more days. And the doctor said, it's your decision. On the second day, as those daughters started every day, every time I would go in there, they, they got to the point, the hospital administration got to the point that there was no visiting hours for her room because they didn't expect her to live, so they just let us stay. But we had to let them know that in three days, they had to be assured that in three days they were going to unplug her from the ventilator. And every day they would let us go, that we could stay for an hour at a time, two hours at a time. The daughters brought in a cassette tape. That tells you how long it was. A cassette tape player, and they played worship music the whole time. Worship music. And just sat in her ICU room and played worship music. And every time we'd go in there, we'd declare life over her body. You will live and not die and tell of the wonderful works of the Lord. It's the Lord who sent his word and healed you. He is the healer of your broken body. You don't have to be scared of death. We knew she wasn't scared of death. But we're not scared of death either. And on the second day, the second day, all of a sudden, when one of the daughters was holding her hand, praying over her, she felt her mother clench her hand. 
she hollered, oh my, oh my, and ran out and told the nurse. And the nurse came back in, and she told her what happened and said, she, uh, that wasn't her. That was her muscle-reacting contractions. That wasn't her, hon. She's gone. And the daughter said, no, she grabbed me. In two months, two months from that day, that dear sister walked down the front aisle, middle aisle of our church, rejoicing and praising the Lord, healed by the power of God. And when we finally got to her, and when she came to herself and was able to talk, she said, Pastor, I never feared death, and from this day forward, I will never fear death because of the things I saw while I was gone. Listen, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15, because God's children are human beings. We are human beings. Made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus Christ, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die. And only by dying, listen, could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death? Satan is the person who brings about death. Satan is the one who has the power of death. And the Bible says only in this way could Jesus set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. People have spent all their money have stolen, have borrowed, have begged and pleaded to just stay alive for a few more days. Why? Because they're afraid of death. Yet Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 51, I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. He's not talking about physical death. He's talking about eternal death. You and I do not have to fear death. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Finally, number five. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, the blessings of God are available to us, for us who live on earth. Galatians 3.13 But Christ has rescued us from the cursed of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Why? Verse 14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessings he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. What did God promise Abraham? You go back and read it in the Old Testament. God promised Abraham freedom from poverty, freedom from sickness and disease, and freedom from spiritual death. And the Bible says those blessings have been given to us because Jesus hung on the cross. He hung on the tree. He took the curse of poverty, the curse of sickness and disease, and the curse of spiritual death. He took it from us so that we can have all of our needs supplied according to His riches and glory. We can enjoy healing and walk in God's health by faith. And we don't have to worry about death. And we're not separated from God. We have eternal life. Why? 
because of Easter. So a no, 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 a thousand times no multiplied by a thousand. Easter is not just a regular Sunday. That's the reason we celebrate it. We're forgiven. We're reunited with God. We are brand new creatures. We have a new identity. We're not fearful of death, and we have blessings even today because of Easter. That's why Easter is so important, and it's available to you. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do. All you have to do is just humble yourself before Him and say, Lord, I cannot be king of my life any longer. I've made a mess of it. Would you be the Lord of my life? Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, and I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. If you'll just do that wherever you are, all these benefits will be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now at this time, we want to partake of Holy Communion. We had a big drive-through communion planned. We had it all lined up. The parking lot already uh, lined out. We had people planned to, to serve communion and parking lot attendants and the people to bless you as you went through. But... Boy, it's just been a tough Easter as far as plans this year around the church house because the pandemic and now the terrible weather that's taking place in our area today, we've had to put all those things on hold. But you know, it doesn't stop us from enjoying communion. So if you have a uh, uh, piece of bread or some juice, and you know what? Let me tell you some things that Family Worship Center has done. This year, first of all, for our children, we had teams of adults that delivered Easter eggs to almost 100 homes all over our county and other counties surrounding us of people that signed up so that their children could have an Easter egg hunt. We also had some leaders of our senior saints ministry who went door to door to people in our senior saints in our church who have not been able to get out at all and deliver them communion elements so they could partake with us today. Family Worship Center and the people of Family Worship Center are doing everything in their power to be a blessing to this community. So at this time, if you've got a piece of bread or if you've got some juice, would you take that piece of bread right now? And I have the wafer here in the little communion packet. This wafer, let's hold the wafer in our hand. And I want you to know this wafer represents the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This weekend we celebrate His broken body. Though He paid the pain, He took the pain and suffered the pain and the consequences of being punished, it was for our sins. He wasn't being punished for His sins. He was being punished for our sins. So every time we take Holy Communion, we're remembering what He did for us on the cross. Let's thank Him for His broken body. Lord Jesus, we hold this wafer in our hands in remembrance of what You did for us on the cross. You said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part with me. So this morning, wherever we are in our home, in our office, we take of a piece of bread and we thank you for your broken body. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you partake of your bread and wafer? Now grab your juice. The juice represents the blood of Jesus. We've been redeemed. We've been forgiven. 
we've been cleansed because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus says, uh, uh, when, you, when you partake of my blood, you're doing it in remembrance of me. When you partake of the juice, you're doing it in remembrance of my shed blood. So wherever you are, grab a, if you just have water, or if you have a, a soft drink, or if you have a, some juice, whatever it is, it, it's going to become special at this moment because we're doing it in honor of his resurrection of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The juice represents the blood. Let's thank him for his blood. Father, thank you for the blood that you allowed your son to give. Thank you, Jesus, that you shed it just for me and for everyone who's partaking. We remember it this Easter weekend. We remember your sacrifice. And you said they overcome Satan through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We thank you that the blood's been applied to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the juice together. May this Easter, though it's different than any Easter we've all experienced in our past, may this Easter you be blessed with the blessings of the Lord. May you walk away today, may you turn off this screen today realizing you're forgiven. You're reunited. You don't have to fear death. The blessings of Abraham are yours for the taking in Jesus' name. We're going to finish this service with a special song of blessing from the FWC Worship and Praise Team. And I say to you, Amanda and I love you with all of our hearts. May you be blessed this Easter. Happy Easter.